Cinema Spectator, a movie podcast, is produced because of listeners like you. If you want to support our show, you can share it, give us a rating on iTunes, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions, where you can throw a couple dollars our way and get access to our exclusive content. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film, A Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Wes Craven, starring Heather Langenkamp and Robert Englund. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? Great, Cameron. I'm great. Really? I'm doing really good. I am enjoying the season and the weather and the mm. fall, but I must admit... I'm fairly low energy today. Oh, no, okay. I'm, That's all right. That's I, I, you know, you have those those checklist things in life. You kind of let them stack up. I've been sort of, you know, whacking the ball, just knocking them out one after the other. Mm. And um, today I was feeling fully ambitious, so I overdosed on coffee to the point where, you know, the migraine sets in. Mm. And um, I went to the office. Usually I use my lunch break to commute back home. Uh, for about an hour and then you know i'll kind of like eat and work for the rest of the day at home um but today i was like no you know and i'm staying we got a meeting i'm gonna be in person like this is gonna be awesome so i went out to lunch and i got one of those burritos from a mysterious taco truck mm, um, my favorite it was so good <laughs> probably not the best choice to have before a creative meeting because i was feeling a little sleepy after that no matter how much coffee i had so definitely i had the sleepy burrito gut and then overdosing on coffee, but the burrito was just soaking up the caffeine, so it just resulted in a migraine. And sitting in traffic on the way home, I just felt wiped. I got home, zoned out, but I'm glad. I took a shower before this. You know, I'm I, I'm feeling a little bit more energized. You got uh, you you yeah. get it. Better get your head back in the in the game. Okay, got to get. Back yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> there's there's something I've been thinking about in life is like you gotta. You know, you got to take care of yourself um, mm. if you're going to be successful at things. And I think it's really easy to think that you can just overwork and you'll succeed in that way. But what I'm beginning to notice is if I overwork myself and don't take time to kind of like give spacers and recharge, who, I mean, who, oh, revolutionary thought, you know, uh, <laughs> then I can't do as well. So I've been really working on trying to. You know, time time to refuel, you know. Uh, I guess that's probably why Jesus made the Sabbath. You know, you got to take a day off, like a yeah. full day off, not just anything. I don't think Jesus you, made the Sabbath. I think um, I think the Sabbath was before before him, but, you know, he, he adhered to it most of the time. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> I think I'm thinking of the, the verses in the New Testament where Jesus is talking about the the actual... Use function of the Sabbath, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know what you mean. For rest, but I but think it's... I think the idea was there before. <laughs> yes, the idea was there before, but well, you know. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Cameron. How how's your how's your day and week been? Um, it's been good. I actually had a me and Kiana had a quick little trip up to Arnold, California, um, to just hang out a little bit this weekend, and it was a lot of fun. We, um, you know ate some good food and relaxed. It was, uh, it was nice out in the forest. We love, nice. um, 
I don't know. I love those like kind of Sierra, you know, the mountainy lands. It just yeah. is so pretty out there. So um, oh, that was fun. Other than that, uh, I haven't been watching much. I think me and Jews are trying to go see uh, Killers of the Flower Moon on Friday, hopefully. It is a long, long movie. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to try to see that then. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely excited for that. Um, yeah. Other than that, not, not too much, not too much, but I have been, I've been really enjoying our spooky movie. We always do this. We're always like, Oh, you know, Halloween comes around. We're like, we're going to watch horror movies, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. And then once we do it, I'm like, wow, I love these. <laughs> you know, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a good, it just feels good. It's a good season. Um, so I'm well, I was excited gonna, to get into this with you because this was my first time watching this movie. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. I'm excited to dig into this as well. Uh, just to hit on the season and watching spooky movies, Jules and I have been talking a lot about, um, kind of like seasonal depression and how seasons change and things like that. And I made, <laughs> I made this joke. I was like, yeah, you know, when the, de- when the seasonal depression hits for me, I get all excited, you know, bring it on. Right. Like. <laughs> <laughs> something about the the fall like kind of the dark gloomy thing i'm like i feel kind of i kind of feel like at home you know i don't mm. want to go out as much sure i might be a little bit more sad more emo music for sure in the mix but uh i obviously not clinically seasonally depressed but uh, i like winter i i feel like winter is like a good um it, it it makes you kind of cheerful because you're like, ah, oh, I want to sp- go inside it and spend time with loved ones and you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I like it, but that's just me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree as well. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we're going to dig into this movie, but we can take some time to talk about things that we've been watching. I know you said you haven't watched anything. I'll just hit on one thing that I revisited. Uh, still watching The Office with Jules, but not really going to get into that. Great show, though. Really, really still excellent revisiting it. I know a lot of people think that, but I'm really shocked how how much I'm loving it and laughing out loud watching it again. Uh, but the other movie I decided to revisit this week because there was... I was seeing some clips, and I was like, you know, I should probably... I, I watched about half of Baby Driver again. Mm. It was on a, it's on HBO. Or no, uh, I don't know if it's on HBO. I think I own it uh, on Amazon. So I decided to to start watching it again. Really interesting movie to revisit. I feel like this is in that time frame where um, I was really digging into different filmmakers and saying that I knew a lot about movies, but I didn't, especially compared to you, Cameron. Um, and I knew Edgar Wright's name. We talk about him a lot on the show. Was very excited to see this in the theaters. Absolutely loved every minute of it. Um, revisiting it, it is... I think it is a special movie, but there's something about it that feels kind of dated to me. I'm not mm. quite sure what it is. There's maybe there's just too much joy or something from <laughs> from the teens in it, right? It's it's hitting its stride. It's uh, having a lot of fun with itself. There's also like kind of like this classical Hollywood performance thing going on. I mean, I know that it's invoking elements of probably famous musicals. I feel like there's things about it that remind me of uh, West Side Story, um, which West Side Story is obviously just uh, an incredible cinematic musical um, adapted by uh, Steven Spielberg. 
But th- this movie, like, they kind of have those long one takes, people, lots of extras, you know, a lot of, um, like, there's an opening scene with that, uh, where baby's walking through the streets with music. All of the music and the sound effects are synced to, to um, the same key, and all of the motion and things like that is sort of set up in this modern dance musical performance of cars and heists and robbery. So it's a really special uh, film, but it seemed pretty, like... Like, it was, like, very confident in itself. Mm. Uh, there was, like... there. I think the thing that I noticed on this viewing is that um, Edgar Wright has, in his other films, something that is very, like, spiteful and dark, you know? I, I'm not entirely sure how to how to phrase it or explain it. Um, but it's it's, like, there's that British humor going on uh in in his in his other movies. I don't even know if Edgar Wright is British, is he? I just yeah, know him for is. the Yeah. Okay. Um so there's something there's something about his his other movies that feel like they they have that British zing. Um mm. and they're joyful but they're more <laughs> like uh like sarcastic is probably the best way to put it. This movie feels much more like Western, jolly, and the zingers are like Marvel esque. Uh, which I didn't remember it being that way yeah. um, instead of more British sarcasm. So I really enjoyed uh, re- revisiting at least the first half that I, that I watched again. Um, there's just things about it that uh, I, I, I that kind of set, I, I really went in like remembering it with rose tinted glasses. And I think there were things that kind of popped out to me that I was like, well, this is probably just because I've watched too many movies at this point or something. When I first saw it, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever watched. And now watching it, I'm like, yeah, it's good. You know? Yeah. My memory of watching that was, um, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed my time with it. Although I did walk in like five minutes late. And so I missed that really cool opening scene. I watched it later right. though, but, um, and then after I saw it, I saw it once and I think I've thought about it like maybe four times since then. It has like gone completely, completely out of my brain. Same with um, the movie that he made last um, night in Soho. Last night in Soho, uh, which I didn't like as much. Um, in fact, I thought it was kind of meh or not very good. Um, and since I watched that in theaters, I was like, I haven't. I this is the first time I've thought about it since. <laughs> So, mm, yeah. um, so there, there is something interesting about it because those, those two movies specifically feel much, much more like, I don't want to say standard or th- there's something m- less impactful for me, um, with those movies versus something like, um, especially just hot fuzz, I think. And yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know for me, um, it's weird because it's hard to like. It's really hard to top a movie like that uh, for me, and not not to say that he, you know, is trying to do the same thing necessarily. But I just he's never captured me in the same way um, that Hot, Hot Fuzz did, and you know, even Baby Driver, which is cool, it's like actiony and blah blah, blah. and then Last Night in Soho is like semi horror ish. I don't know. Um, they're just much more um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I know what you mean though by him making when he makes American films, it it feels a little more. Um, it's almost like because. Uh, maybe he, it's because he's making it in like the studio system, or because he's like not fully in control. Like he has to change certain elements of his style to fit like an American audience. I don't know if that's the case, but that's kind of what it feels like. Is he he you know he has a harder time um, thinking about um, America. I guess. Yeah. No, I don't know. So in any case, it's, I can't quite put my finger on it yet. I should, I got to yeah. finish baby driver, but there were things about it that reminded me of Western advertisements mm-hmm. in a weird way. Uh, like something about his fast cutting instead of being stylistic and sort of that like whirlwind of information felt more like attention span thing engaging, you know? Mm. Which is good. I mean, it's cool. Like the movie is is fast and whatnot, but I I found some of its charm to be lost on me, and um, I'm excited to finish it. I think I think uh, I still like the movie, but I am I feel like I'm being a lot harder on it now. Uh, yeah, on the on the second viewing. So, um, yeah. Can we go an episode without talking about Hot Fuzz? Nope. I don't know. We I don't. cannot. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we might as well uh, start talking about the movie that we're supposed to review. Um, it's like you it's, enjoy the show. <laughs> sorry for this show. It's the thing and hot fuzz. That's those are the two yes, that yes. we we just keep bringing up. <laughs> yeah, I know we should. That would be funny to ask uh, our audience what movies are they tired of us talking about on the show over and over again. I'm sure <laughs> hot fuzz would be in that category. Well, if you so if you enjoy the show, you can support it uh, by giving us a rating, sharing it with friends. We appreciate you taking the time to be here and listen to our reviews uh, throughout Spooky October. We've reviewed a bunch of scary movies in the old catalog, uh, like The Thing. Um, some other great ones we we hit on some Korean uh, horror movies that we've talked about in the past. Listen to our Shining review. I think that one that one was a lot of fun for me. I still think about The Shining often. I mean, who doesn't? Right. It's very good. Uh, but if you like classic horror, there's a lot there for you. If you want to support us financially, throw a couple dollars our way. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. It just helps us out. There's some bonus content on there as well. And we haven't made any bonus content in a while. Cameron, I don't know. You're the producer of the show. I'm just going to throw this on you and throw you under the bus. I, we're, we got to figure out something for that. We should. Uh, I want to bring back, because we used to do... Um, we used to do some commentaries that I thought were fun. I want to do that maybe in like a lighter way um, where I think it's, f- I, for one, I like watching movies with you and hanging out and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I think if we can integrate, since I'm closer now, it's a lot easier to to sort of integrate that into our thing. So maybe, you know, maybe we'll see that in the future. Maybe we'll do a, a, one of our next movies or maybe a, a, a horror movie that we'll uh we'll watch together and and uh do a commentary i think it's fun too i i enjoy doing it um, well what i would say is if if you are interested in supporting us don't support us until cameron puts together another bonus thing then he'll <laughs> he'll hear it loud and clear <laughs> true uh true <laughs> And we'll let you know when we actually put something out, especially for you patrons. Shout out to Darren O'Neill, our executive producer, and the rest of you who support us as well. Uh, we thank you for the support. Cameron, it's time to dig into a, a Nightmare on Elm Street. This is your first time seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a little summary and then tell us what you thought, and we can open up the discussion uh, on our impressions first watch. 
Yeah, so A Nightmare on Elm Street, it kind of has a classic um, horror movie conception. It's a bunch of kids uh, who are um, plagued by a certain spooky man, uh, a one Freddy Krueger, who's been, you know, basically infecting their dreams. And if he if he catches you in the dream, you die in real life. Um, It's sort of a, uh, you know, it's it's a. It's a very simple concept. Um, the it reminds me a lot. I, I know since I haven't seen this movie, I'm sure this is where it comes from. But um, for me, it reminds me a lot of that one episode of of the Justice League uh, where Batman <laughs> has to stay awake. I was thinking about that night, a lot. Um, yeah. And he, he punches the the windshield. Uh, what a cool show! Uh, but I'm I'm sure that's that's you know very much based off of something like this. Honestly, like this is a concept that I feel like has been done a lot. Um, but, you know, in one way or another, this was one of the first, um, you know, conceptions of it like this. And it grew to become extremely popular. It made, I think, four or five sequels and a remake and then a crossover with um, Friday the 13th. You know, so it, it, it you know, Freddy Krueger and the whole sort of concept uh, that Wes Craven built here is very, you know, interlaced with popular culture, I would say. Um, you see his, you know, you, you see his face and on Halloween, he's he's kind of a classic spooky movie villain. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing that, well, I guess let's get into that later. But I guess I, I did want to mention there is one interesting thing about the development of the movie. Um, Wes Craven, who... Um, he before he did this, he did a movie uh, called uh, the. I think he did The Hills Have Eyes before this. Uh, yeah, he did The Hills of Eyes, and then uh, The Last House on the Left, which is like a very very low budget, um, uh, but has been remade a handful of times, I think. Um, and then he did this movie, which was kind of I think his breakout hit. And after that, he's he did a bunch of screen movies, and that was kind of his his legacy. He was very much the horror guy. He died in 2015. Um, mm. but you know, most of his catalog is, is very much horror centric. Um, and he, he didn't really venture a lot out of it, but if you think about it, I mean, doing this movie, doing scream, um, doing the Hills have eyes and doing, um, last house on the left. He, he kind of left a, a huge legacy in terms of what we think of as the modern, uh, horror film. And I, I really think a lot of uh, movies would not have been made if it weren't for, um, you know, for his personal touch on, on the genre. Um, in, so, in my mind, he's, he's sort of, um, yeah, I don't know. He, he, he's left a lot of, of legacy, I think, on the, on the horror genre. So um, in terms of the plot... It follows, like I said, a group of teenagers. They, um, they're being sort of invaded by Freddy Krueger at night, um, and one by one, uh, Freddy Krueger is able to 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 kill them uh, in their dreams. And there's a great sequence where uh, Freddy, uh, they're all sleeping over at at one person's house, um, and she because she had a bad dream, and you know she's afraid, blah blah blah. Um, and her name's Tina. Um, and Tina 
you know, she wants her friends there and wants to be comforted, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so she goes to bed, uh, and in the middle of the night, she is, you know, in the, the Freddy Krueger un- unwakeable dream, um, and her body sort of gets uh, thrown around the room and slashed, um, and she's sleeping at the time with, um, with uh, what's his name? Uh, the 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 other kid Rod. He's sleeping with Rod, um, mm-hmm. and so it looks horrible for him because there's blood all over the place, and he had jumped out the window. Um, and so you know, part of the movie is about is about his fate in terms of uh, him being accused for her murder, and then the other part is Nancy, one of Tina's friends, uh, the main character of the movie she is sort of trying to figure out what actually happened to Tina. And so that's kind of the, the whole gist of the, the plot. That's, that's where things kick off and, and where it gets going. Um, but, you know, it, in its simplest form, it's a movie about, um, you know, basically taking, taking down the, the powerful villain who is able to, um, to turn your, your own dreams against you. Um, mm. And so... Yeah, I guess we can get into some more of the details, but I'm curious to see what you thought about it. I was really enthusiastic. It's not a perfect movie, but uh, for me, I really enjoyed it. I thought it has a lot of fun with the concept, and it, uh, it you know, it's not the scariest movie ever, but I think it, it, div- you know, it, it, it makes you sort of feel um, like they're, you know, in a certain amount of danger, which I, I really enjoyed, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. I think, um, there are two major things that I pulled away, uh, in terms of like pros, things that I really enjoyed about, uh, a nightmare on Elm street. And it comes back probably from, uh, Wes Craven's creativity. Um, although I haven't seen scream and I don't really know how influential he was with his other movies. You can tell that there's a creative force behind this movie, whether it was just the perfect amalgamation of a cast that knew what was going on and, and the crew that was putting together the movie. Um, but they, you can tell they're having a ton of fun as if they're building, um, like the craziest haunted house on your street, right? They're, they're, they're doing a lot of, um, I wouldn't say innovative, but captivating um things to make you feel like you're sort of on this scary ride uh, Mm. that's very enjoyable so yeah the first thing is sort of this um this like swagger that the movie carries itself with in the way that it's uh doing the haunted house thing and it's it's teetering into this psychedelic dream experience right yeah clearly taking a lot of references from horror that we've already visited and reviewed on this show whether it's the shining whether it's um uh the uh geez i was it's on the tip of my tongue exorcist right Mm. oh yeah Uh, yeah, from from earlier years right this movie is is clearly in love with the psychological horror elements um in in those earlier films and it and it takes them and although it cannot um, fully innovate and and do something that the audience has never seen. Um, it instead has a lot of fun, either like recreating things or or, or recapturing um, sort of the emotions that 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 sort of that that sort of element uh, 
produces. So let me yeah. kind of break down what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> in The Shining, like you sort of begin to like teeter into this um, this dream state of the movie where things are uh, kind of melting away into madness. Yeah. And yeah. in A Nightmare on Elm Street, it does this great thing with uh, Nancy, who is trying to figure out what's going on with Freddy Cougar. She 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 believes she's sort of figured it out at some point in the movie where if she falls asleep, she's at she's in danger, right? So you have her kind of fighting to stay awake, you know, t- taking all this caffeine throughout the movie. And she's teetering in and out of the dream state. And so the movie does this great thing where it sort of allows you to um, either guess that something is changing or something's going down. Uh, like, like you never know when she's slipping in and out of dreams. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's kind of obvious they kind of go crazy with the fog machines. Um, <laughs> but there are little elements that I really enjoyed. Uh, one of there, there are two scenes... In particular, I'm trying to remember the first one, but I know the second one is when she goes down to the basement um, and she's looking for uh, his famous like knife claw thing. So she 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 knows that his like murder weapon is like in her basement at some point in the movie, right? She goes down the stairs and she looks for it, and where it's supposed to be is uh, not there, mm-hmm. right? Which kind of suddenly establishes for the audience, well, if it's not there, then where is it? And then she opens a door that leads down to like that, um, like the factory facility place, which has been referenced throughout the be- the movie at the beginning of the movie. At another point in the movie, uh, when she when she goes, to, that's the other scene where she goes down in, stairs into the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, little things yeah. like that, where like, like, like this iconic sort of location that the movie is trying to set up, even though it's not like fully memorable. Uh, there's something really cool about. Uh, her descending into the same place over and over again throughout the movie. It, yeah. It um it does something that, although The Shining captures this, this feeling with so many other masterful techniques, uh, this small decision in A Nightmare on Elm Street sort of reproduces a, like, a similar psychological, like, awe for the audience where they're like, oh, She's back in that room again. You know, how did she yeah. end up there? She was just in school or she was just in her house, right? And we know this place because it's shown from the very beginning. She keeps ending up there no matter where she is, right? Um, and that is a, a it's a, an exhilarating thing for a, for a viewer, even if the movie is um, a little like goofy and a little weird at times. And so, and that was actually the, the second thing that I want to talk about that I think has this movie. Uh, charming me as a viewer is that there's like a major Scooby-Doo energy about this movie. Totally. 100%. Uh, yeah. It's like, I, I, it, it felt so nostalgic viewing it, you know? Uh, and I guess to some viewers, they're going to think that's like dumb, but I actually think that A Nightmare on Elm Street probably belongs in like, like if, if there was a list of like Holly Halloween movies, like this is like, this should be one of the ones I should have watched a long time ago. I mean, my mm. parents, I grew up in a Christian household. Like, no, no scary movies. None of this, you know? <laughs> um, no, this is, this is like, we can't watch anything like this. But this movie is like fairly tame. Although there are some things that uh, are weird, <laughs> like are weirdly like pretty intense uh, with, with a violence. I think at the time it must've been much more horrifying. Um, but 
now it seems quite quaint and funny. Um, yeah, it, I it, well, I was gonna say the same thing. Freddy Krueger in this, I had always heard like, oh, in the later movies, like he gets silly and like blah blah blah. Um, he's silly in this movie. He's yeah, like he's having ridiculous. fun. He's like, yeah. he's like, I love tormenting this these kids. You know, I'm gonna make <laughs> jokes and and be be goofy with it. And it it is hilarious. I think I think the camp of it is it's got to be on purpose. I mean, I, I I can't imagine there's a world where you know it isn't uh, it isn't an intentional. I mean, he makes later. Wes Craven goes on to make Scream, which is like a comedy horror movie basically um mm. so it, it's got to be on purpose that he makes freddy krueger this um kind of goofy hilarious uh villain i love it in the first scene where you see him um you know in the no not alleyway. the first scene you see him um when tina is being chased in yeah. the alleyway um yeah. and he's like uh he he does the long arms and he and he scratches the <laughs> the post and then she like turns around and runs away and he's just like he's just like flopping his arms around like it as just soon as is that so happened, goofy. I think it's hilarious. I was like I was like this movie is going off the rail. I mean like it's <laughs> obviously just having way too much fun with itself, right? It's awesome. Um, I mean I think yeah. I I really like that's the one thing that I really appreciated with um this movie and it something like The Exorcist which is a movie that I, I liked. I think you didn't like it quite as much, but I liked it. I just didn't think it was like all that scary for me. Um, I think it takes itself a little too seriously. Why this worked for me, why this movie worked, was it interlaces that horror with the um, goofy, campy elements of of the genre. You know, I feel like it it really plays with itself and and has fun. Um, you know, being this this campy uh, horror movie, and for me, that's always been the tone that I've enjoyed in in a lot of these older horror, horror movies is genuinely scary and genuinely funny. Um, you know, just striking that balance between the two. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my uh, yeah, my thought about that. Yeah, it it also kind of brings forward a lacking element in modern horror movies, at least to me is there's like, I think camp and the goofy side belongs in, in horror. Right. Um, I think it allows, I mean, I mean we talked about this a lot in, in previous things, but like releasing stress, right. Releasing the audience to have a laugh occasionally, then presenting them with something that's genuinely like horrifying. I mean, there, there are things in this movie that are unsettling, and I think they work so well because you've had time to to kind of de-stress, laugh it off, enjoy the ride. Uh, I think anything with like the body bags in this movie is <laughs> really good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. And then like the trails of blood or the descending into the dreams, um, you know, like the idea that there's kind of the monster under the bed thing happening is is pretty exciting. I mean. We've had experiences, I know, or I have, I can speak for myself, I don't know about you, Cameron, but like, you know, going to bed at night as a kid, it can be freaky, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, you walk through the hallways, you know, I don't know why my friends made me play PT last night, and now I'm alone, I don't have the bros <laughs> to save me, you know, like, like there's there's a lot to, to bank off there. 
Um, and I think that this movie um, has a, a huge charm to it um, that I didn't expect. I really expected this movie to be more gross than it was. Mm. Uh, instead, it's just, it's kind of just fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's really all that serious. As a matter of fact, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I, I'm reviewing Nightmare on Elm Street. Last week we reviewed Saw, which, you know, I was I was a little bit mixed on, but there were some things that I liked about it. To me, like watching this movie is like it's so goofy compared to Saw. Like it's like really yeah. just having a fun time. But I know what I, what I was thinking about is like you look at like uh, Saw. I, I always imagine my parents are spying on me and watching my episodes. You know, judging me. Uh, <laughs> they're see they're gonna see that I reviewed Saw and they're gonna be like, no. Isaac, this is so bad. But I watched that and I was like, you know, there are things about this that I think my dad would like, you know, the <laughs> stupid buddy cop, like the goofy setup. You know, there's things about that movie. I was like, okay, I could see him not liking some things, but there are other things about this movie that he actually might enjoy, you know? And then watching Nightmare on Elm Street, if my dad hasn't seen this movie, you know, he'd look at me, oh, no, another terrible one. But I'm like, this would be a joke to you, Dad. Like, to, if my dad <laughs> watched this, he'd be like, this is so stupid. Like, he wouldn't even think, like, anything of it. So at the time, like, we didn't live through uh, <laughs> the 80s when this movie came out, right? Maybe it had a different stigma or a different um, impact, right? I mean, even for us, like, Saw was... Uh, a big movie when we were in elementary school and there was definitely a stigma. But now yeah. watching it, we're like, okay, well, you know, that wasn't as bad as like we thought it was in elementary school. You know, maybe yeah. this movie had a similar reputation. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of charm to enjoy here. And here's the other thing. I just want to defend myself for my dad, all right? I'm having a therapy session right here on the show, okay? <laughs> my dad watched Stranger Things season four and that is clearly the darkest version of Freddy Cougar. Right, like that they they openly 100%. talk about yeah they openly talk about on the production of Stranger Things season four like Freddy Cougar is the inspiration for the villain he's like the the sleep killer or whatever um, dude I, I this this movie directly inspired Stranger Things season four and if you haven't watched season four like it's awesome. Like, watching this movie made me want to rewatch it. Like, I really enjoyed Did you watch that season, Cameron? Oh, yeah. I thought it was the best season of the show, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It, by far. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, it's cool to see the modern inspiration going forward. Little things in this movie, like those gross, like, black snake tentacle <laughs> thing. There's, yeah. like, one scene where I'm like, that's Stranger Things right there. That's literally it, you know? Yeah. Uh, the portals, the different, like, ideas around that. Um, I think the movie also does something really well in establishing its rules. I think rules are very important in a horror movie. Um, it does a great job with saying like, you know, um, Freddy Cougar kind of like picks his targets. I don't know if he can switch targets. I think so. Right. He can. Uh, but he's like, if you go to sleep, I'll get you. Right. So you understand that yeah. if the characters fall asleep, they're in trouble. So then they kind of come up with these ideas of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, not fall asleep. And that doesn't always work out because it, it means he's going to attack them at unopportune times. Right. And you see that at school or, you know, the, the bathroom scene or, or like when she's uh, trying to go to the police station and all that. Um, or she's trying to have uh, Glenn watch over her when she's going to go to sleep and stuff. 
Um, really fun setups, great scenarios to sort of mix up the falling asleep thing. And that mm-hmm. was the other thing I noticed is like it's characters falling asleep. How like how are they going to mix this up? And they always have a new way to sort of spin it. Um, yeah. And then like they establish um, kind of more wild scenarios, like the the the. Um, well, I would say like the the bathroom scene is pretty more wi- like pretty wild. The drowning in the tub was like really cool. I Super loved creative. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the scene with the doctors where she falls asleep to the doctor reading, I was like, this is so cool. This is so cool. Like, like I was like to, to think like they're they're gonna try all these different scenarios, and then it establishes a new rule of a hat. You know, yeah. she pulls the hat. What's interesting about that one is that we don't actually see. Um, we don't see what happens to her in the dream. We don't see her. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's the only time we don't see her right. um, dream. And, and then we get the reveal that she takes the, you know, she takes the hat from, from the dream. So she, and da- she's getting and damage, this, you know, she, y- she has like the cuts. Right? Yeah. Well, the, she did that before with the, um, the burn on, right. Right. Uh, in the, in the, the classroom. Um, but yeah, the, you're right. The the damage as well, and I think the assumption is that if you if you get damaged by Freddy Krueger, you know he'll, it'll it'll last because obviously Tina gets sliced open. <laughs> you know, right. So, right. Um, yeah, and it it is an interesting sequence because oh, also another another familiar face. Were we talking about this when we were recording or before? We we're talking yeah, about all we, the familiar faces. Yes. Um, uh, John Saxon as the uh, the police lieutenant and her dad, um, who we saw in Enter the Dragon only a couple uh, episodes ago. The Zac Efron guy, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, another one is Johnny Depp, who uh, this is his very first role. Um, he plays Nancy's boyfriend. Um, and I think he's good. I like I like his yeah. character. He's totally unrecognizable. But <laughs> yes. Um, and then what did they do to him. Who knows? <laughs> the last one. I don't know if you know who I'm going to bring up here. Um, is the doctor? Do you know who the doctor is? No. Okay. So um, remember when we watched Zodiac? <laughs> uh huh. Um, the doctor plays the guy who uh, has the basement. Um, mm. and there's that great, uh, you know, there's that great fake out scene where he has the basement and he's got the film poster and, right. you know, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, we, we have, we have seen the doctor before. Um, and I think that's it as far as familiar faces, but just a couple interesting ones. I love that, uh, you know, it's introducing John Depp. It's like a really cool legacy, I feel like. Um, but in any case. Yeah, and then there's kind of that connection to Johnny Depp's roles with uh, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, yeah. I don't know how there's that connection, but it just feels like some mysterious lore that somehow it's like this this movie started and then later he's wearing the knives on. I don't know. Like it's like <laughs> wow. I mean, it just has that cult like the cult classic energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this film overall to just be really easy to watch. Not too long. Juliana sat down at the end of the movie and watched it with me, and she was like, "This is funny," you know, <laughs> like yeah. she enjoyed her her experience. I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be too scary. Don't watch." She was like, uh, "She was doing something," and then she came in halfway through, and she was like, "What is it? This is like dumb. Like I'll watch it with you." Uh, and and so um, overall, I think 
you know, we we both enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't really think it was like very impactful. I feel like it's one of those films that is going to sort of fade away in the background besides some of the elements that have like a more haunting presence, like the way that she kind of descends into the dream areas. I was like, oh man, I just love the dream stuff. You know, I'm thinking about Inception. I'm thinking about um, the way that it's done in, in Stranger Things, the way that it's done in different movies. I, I just think it's cool stuff. And I will never, yeah, the shining with the bathroom. I love that. Like, I feel like this movie did its dream sequences so well that I could probably experience them in a dream. I have very imaginative dreams. So, mm. like, that red bathroom, like, personally, it's like, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I feel like I've been there now, you know? I don't know how. I mean, I'm mm. lucid dreaming. Who knows what happens? But that steam room, yeah, I could see it. You know, there's there's something about it that feels uh, vintage in a way. It reminded me of, like, old Resident Evil games where you're going through that industrial steam place. Um, and... uh yeah, the the movie pleasant, easy to watch, great Halloween choice. Um, am I going to think about it the way that I was talking about its inspiration? Um, probably not. Even though I enjoyed it more, and let like I so when I talk about like The Exorcist, like I didn't really enjoy that movie, um, but I can. The further away I get from it, the more I'm like, there are things that I remember about that film that feel Mm -hmm. kind of iconic. And this movie, I don't know if it's going to stick the same way. Another one that I that I think about often is uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, which I really did not. I was I just did not like it. Um, But it was actually still scary. I think, Um, which is impressive uh, because it could have been fairly campy but to me i'm like there's just something about it you know like it doesn't really have the blood it doesn't really uh it's like things are in daylight but it's still able to like keep you freaked out you know i was like ah and this movie is trying to be scary but it's just having too much fun with it (laughs) um yeah i would say this is like it's it's a good one i honestly feel like um it'd be a great movie if like you have if you want to do like a middle school or like scary night, you know, like something about like if you're if you have kids, like this would be like fairly. I feel like it's fairly like tame nowadays. If yeah. they're watching Stranger Things season four, <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be nothing, you know. Which I hope. I, I don't I know. I think the like, two even, the two you know worst quote unquote things in the movie. It's obviously when uh when Tina gets like thrown around the room, which is actually yeah. pretty scary. Um, it's exorcist style, you know. Yeah. Then there's the blood going Yeah, and she's she's covered in blood and blah blah blah. Um you know it's it's pretty it's it's pretty good in terms of um like it's intense, you know. Um and then what which I think it may be my favorite shot um of the movie i just think it's so it's it literally has all of the things wrapped in one package it's got the comedy it's got the horror and it's got you know it just is like visually striking when johnny depp explodes in a uh in a blood tornado 
<laughs> it's just it's my favorite. It's it's so funny. Um and and horrifying. Like I love I love the f- the fallout after that, right? You know, he explodes in the blood tornado and it's hilarious um cuz it's so over the top and ridiculous. It's like kill bill like, you know. Um mm-hmm. and then uh <laughs> and then afterwards the chief walks in or the lieutenant walks in. And he sees like the blood dripping from the ceiling and he's like, oh, oh no. And like the the coroner is like, uh, you know, vomiting in the <laughs> in the bathroom yeah. and stuff. You know, like there's something there's something over the top about it and ridiculous. But I like how it treats it seriously. You know, it yes. still sort of yes. is a horrifying thing for all of these people to experience. Um, so, yeah, I love I love that. Um, the one thing I will say um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess before I get into the negatives, I really love how creative the movie is and how, um, how willing it is to be, um, interesting and sort of, uh, you know, world bending and sort of experimental. Um, I kind of wish it would go a little harder in that. Um, like a lot of the creative stuff is, is very standard, you know? Um, you know, she gets pulled through the bathtub or, you know, he, she, you know, gets flung around the ceiling and slashed open or blah, blah, blah. Um, like I wish it was a little more cause dreams are, are things that you can really have a lot of, they're, they're not a lot of boundaries in terms of your creative prowess. Obviously the movie's made with a really low budget. Um, so there's not a ton that they could do, but you know, I kind of want to see a little more in the creativity department um, because it allows for it. You know, Freddie as the villain can have this this sort of ultimate, uh, you know, he has like the style, basically. Um, and I just wish it, it would match that. Um, so uh, the other thing that I don't know if I'm in love with, I guess... Um, I find the concept interesting. I don't find the execution all that great. Um, is mm. well, full full spoilers. Um, the the ending with uh with or the ending confrontation with Freddy Krueger. Um, I really like that that sort of the. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of a willpower thing. Um, she yeah you know, she forces him out of her mind basically. Um, I think. He, I think, I think like the shot of him dying is like a little anticlimactic. He's not dead, yeah. obviously. He's just going back to the, to the room. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's not super great. Um, for me, I do like, I do like the ending a lot. Um, in a fun way, although I don't yeah. know if it makes any sense at all. Yeah, the ending doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> the resolve is that kind of powerful, like you're in my head and I've defeated you sort of thing. Right. Um, and that's, that's really cool. And once it happens, you're kind of as an audience, like, okay, like I'm satisfied, you know, I'm happy. I didn't, I thought like the weird, like lowering, (laughs) like the blue bed thing (laughs) with the mom. I was like, what is happening here? Like this is, it gets pretty, uh, animatronic goofy at the end. (laughs) And then Freddie's gone, but then it has that great sort of like, uh, reversal just for fun 
at yeah. the end. Yeah. Uh, which I thought I was like, hey, you know, it, it 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 kept me engaged for the last minute. Um, because I'm sitting there like, all right, it's over, you know, I get it. And then it sort of still does that, but wait, you know, uh, yeah. I'll get you next time kids. And, and I, I love it's... the, I love the doll of the mom going through the window. It's like the funniest. Oh <laughs> like... yeah. That was, that was funny too. Yeah. There's, uh... Like it has, it has a lot of like goofiness at the end. Like you just can't really take it seriously. Yeah. Um, but I like what you said about how the rest of the cast is taking it seriously uh, throughout yeah. the entire movie. Um, like Freddy Cougar's the only one that's going completely nuts. There's, or he's just having fun, which brings forward something that you see in The Dark Knight where the Joker is like that unhinged character and everyone else is playing it super straight. Yeah. And it makes him really pop uh, in the film. Whereas in this movie, like, like he's not Heath Ledger, right? He's he's just a crazy, goofy old man. Uh, but it, it makes him um, shine in a way, whereas yeah. everyone else is is playing it much more straight. There's really nobody having like a full on. Uh, the The closest goofiest character is the mother who's the drinking mom, all yeah. the time, <laughs> but she's basically just comic relief in in a way. Um, did you like some of the uh, past trauma? thing coming forward i thought that they did a great job with sort of underlying um some cool like I, like there are there's religious elements in the movie um around like there i mean like like freddy cougar's this evil boogeyman sort of thing right uh but there's like hidden sin uh that's that hasn't been um covered like there there was unjust action Mm-hmm. in the sight of injustice and so that there, there's kind of like a more it, it's not too deep but it adds something right um it feels like most modern tv shows and whatnot they have side characters they don't give it any thought i like when movies even no matter how serious or, or budgeted they are like they i like when they still take the small characters seriously and and give like some context or lore to them i thought um, having a little bit of explanation about the parents and their um, sort of like dish, like they, they know about Freddy Cougar. I was like, oh, wait, that's actually a really fun, uh, cool thing about this movie that uh, adds a lot to it, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I really like how um, the, uh, you know, the reason for his, you know, haunting of, of the town and haunting of the family um, is, you know, it c- comes directly down to sort of a, um, you know, an action of the parents that have kind of um, cemented his spirit in in the area and in that boiler room. You know, there's, there's something really, um, it's very, you know, sort of medieval. Uh, it, it, like, I've been replaying the witcher and it reminds me of like all of the ghost stories that you play in the, in the witcher you know there's there's something there's a curse that happens because of someone's you know actions or because of someone's uh you know they get they they do something wrong and they're sort of stuck in this realm they're stuck in limbo um you know in between worlds and you know this that's kind of the realm that it's a ghost story you know that's the realm that freddy yeah. krueger um inhabits which i i really like i like that element of it i think the most important thing that i felt after the credits rolled is i was like bring back fun scary movies i want that you know i think what 
made Jordan Peele so successful in the first place with um, us and Get Out is that there's like this undertinge of like satire. Uh, there is something that's very fun about elements in those movies. Although us is is genuinely horrifying. The cast is um, lit up and fun. Tim Heidecker's in it. Like there's there's things about it that that make it. Uh, very enjoyable and I would say the same for um, Nope which has I think I think it has a lot of fun with itself but it's not like campy Uh, I think that I mean okay maybe us is kind of campy but this like movies like this I feel like they they could have a space today I think people would really um, enjoy them if if we could just have Disney stop making terrible haunted house movies and actually make fun haunted house movies. Uh, I just, I think that maybe it is a dated thing, but I, I feel like if the right person came at it, there's a lot to be had uh, in, in this space. And Hey, you know, it's, it's more budget, right? It's more budget. It could be, or it's more budget friendly is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I think, I think in a lot of ways, Peel is kind of the, he's the one carrying the torch for this concept of, of comedy horror. Um, for one, because his, you know, his background is in comedy. And so I think he, this, this was always my argument with his movies that, you know, from the very beginning uh, with Get Out and, um, and definitely with, with us as well, uh, there's a certain, you know, he just has a great sense of feeling um, for when something should be scary and when something should be funny and when it's like trading back and forth. And that's a really hard thing to do, I think, but done right. It's very um, seamless. You know, your, your audience goes from that moment of relief to that moment of being scared again. You know, there's this, this interplay, there's back and forth. And I, I really, yeah, I don't know. I I think um for me not a lot of people are doing it because it it takes a certain amount of writing skill, you know. It takes a certain amount of of it's just, you know, it it it's a it's a tougher thing to do than just make something that is like a cheap scare basically. Mm. Um and it not to say that um, like this movie has, I don't know. It, I, I don't want to condemn every movie that isn't, you know, funny and goofy and scary. Um, cause there are a lot of great movies that, that take it very seriously that are scary. Right. You know, I, th- I don't think the thing is like very, um, I don't think it's, it's not a funny movie, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a much more serious movie than this is. Yeah. Um, yeah. it doesn't have a ton of camp in it. Um, but it is very sort of, um, it, it, it's not that scary of a movie either, but it is very sort of intense. Um, well, in its, I, like, I think, emotions. I think, I think this is why horror is a hybrid genre for me mm-hmm. personally. Um, there has to be this flawless blend of another genre for horror to become a perfect mix. Um, if you look at 
or, or at least this is how I feel about my favorite horror movies. If mm-hmm. you talk about the thing, there's to me a compelling sci-fi element to it. There's a compelling psychological side to it. Um, and I would say the same for a movie like Alien, which is a much I it's simple, but there's like this visual compelling thing going on. Uh it's very like um cold science fiction. Mm-hmm. And and I actually think that the the thing probably works with more audiences. For a geek like myself, I'll watch Alien every day. Like, Juliana would not be compelled by <laughs> Alien. She would be like, I don't care about science fiction. This is like, are we watching Star Trek? What's happening, you know? Um, I I think that it's it's a genre that needs that kind of, m- the mixing the mixing of compelling, right? And this is why I keep talking about my dad, is that, I think on paper and how a lot of people would feel and how we feel when we're not reviewing horror movies is that they don't like horror movies. Uh, But you're lying to yourself. You do. I know you do because you like Jaws. That's a crowd pleaser. You like Jurassic Park. That's a crowd pleaser. But it's just, it's just blending in that horror in a way that's uh, an enjoyable meal. I think, I think, uh, I mean, I'm talking about food, right? You're when you're blending flavors, right? You need the bitter and the sweet, and the horror is that bitter. Uh, some people can drink black coffee. Most people want something mixed in there. Right. Uh, Cameron and I, we can take on the horror head first. I mean, Hereditary is brutal to get through, right? <laughs> but I mean, that's like having like <laughs> that's having like black coffee that's made and brewed by like a super craft barista, you know, like they spend mm. 10 minutes on your cup of coffee. And for some reason you're like, I'm just, it doesn't matter who you are. Right. Like you're like, it's bitter, but wow. You know, <laughs> like right. yeah, you have yeah. kind of that experience with hereditary. I don't think a lot of horror movies do that. I don't, th- I don't think that they're able to, to handle that sort of thing. It's a very, it's an overwhelming flavor of a genre. Yeah. And so what I love about, great horror is that it does a blend of that um and for nightmare on elm street it is goofy (laughs) or it does the scooby-doo with the horror right um and there's i mean well it's it's doing more than that you know it's it's doing the scooby-doo mystery it's doing the teen well i guess they are teenagers in scooby-doo which is kind of weird to think about i don't know why it just hit me that they're supposed to be teenagers in scooby-doo they look like full-grown people. But, <laughs> they're driving uh, a van, you know? They, yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're like, doing a lot of things. they got to be at least college, right? Come on, they got to be college. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a... Uh, I, think, I think that's kind of the thing for me with, with the horror equation. I think that's why um, The Exorcist, for me, like didn't really click because whatever it was blending, uh, didn't, it didn't do much for me. Um, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, maybe it was too bitter, right? There was really <laughs> nothing else there besides the scare. And I was like, eh, I just feel uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, surprisingly, I thought Saw was going to be a movie like that, but there turned out to be a lot of goofy stuff in it <laughs> that I was like, okay, you know, like, I mean, actually there are things, I, even though I don't love this movie, there are things that, um, there's mystery, there's, um, there's camp camp and action in this movie that I didn't expect. Um, 
it it does something something powerful, you know, it does something cool. And uh yeah, I just I think this is also like what makes like blending stuff is what makes um makes it difficult to be a horror known for horror directing. Um there <laughs> as I've been thinking about the genre revisiting some of these movies and whatnot, there are a few people I've thought about uh, that are known for sort of their scary horror um, thing and how I think it's difficult for them to do do the blend but still maintain like their branding and what they're known for for the horror. I'd say Peel's Nope is a great uh, way for him to retain his horror but do a big budget action movie that's like a Spielberg-esque summer blockbuster thing, right? Someone I think of that is maybe a little conflicted with it or having a hard time with it, although it does also um, amplify his his work is M. Night Shyamalan, Mm. um, where he always does a hybrid on horror, no matter where he's at, Uh, or at least that's how it feels. Like you watch... Uh, his superhero movie and it's <laughs> something is very weird about it, right? You're like, this is creepy, but <laughs> I'm not. It doesn't really need to be, right? <laughs> um, and he, but he's so like committed to that as a part of his brand. I mean, who doesn't think Last Airbender's a horror movie? I thought it was a horror <laughs> movie. You know, certainly was um, horrific. That and yeah. After Earth, you know, both pretty. Uh... Yikes. <laughs> um. Yeah, maybe After <laughs> Earth needed more horror. Um, to someone like Spielberg, who is not considered a horror director. And when we've reviewed Spielberg and talked about him with our Jaws conversation, it's like, oh yeah, Jaws is his horror movie. But then you kind of sit back and you start thinking and you're like, no, I think horror is in Spielberg's flavor, like profiles, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Horror is in Saving Private Ryan. Horror is what drives like the power behind, uh, Jurassic Park. You can even say that Raiders has moments of horror, right? I, I mean, maybe more so um, Temple of Doom, but but definitely, yeah. I mean, I was scared of Raiders, you know? And well, my yeah, dad but... loves Raiders, so that's what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> when, uh, when, when I was a kid, that movie scared me because there is a jump scare right in the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah. When when he he's coming back from the... Uh, um, he he's retrieved the idol, the golden idol. He's he's running back. He just got out. Um, this is before the ball, I think. Um, and he he sees his, you know, partner or whatever, um, who's stuck on the spikes. You know, um, that that part is is <laughs> pretty scary. <laughs> Gotta admit it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I think um, yeah, just reflecting on the genre. In, in and of itself, um, f- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is just, it just cements itself as kind of like this classic mix. It's very, I, it's, it's good, but it's, it is like what you kind of expect from the horror mix or like the horror mix drink, you know, like you're like, yeah, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Whereas Jurassic yeah. Park is this like exotic blend of, wow, like there's not that much bitter, but there's just enough where it's like so unique, you know? Um, so 
I, yeah, I think, I think I, this, we have this conclusion every single month that we do a horror month, but it's like, it's always surprising, like to, to visit <laughs> as a genre. Cause it's like, Oh man, like I, there's something here. It's so hard for me to sit down and watch a horror movie though. I was like, I was just sitting down and I was like, Oh, this is going to suck. You know, like I don't <laughs> want to watch this movie. And then when I start watching, I'm like, this is kind of enjoyable. Like, this is kind of just goofy, you know, I, I'm, totally. I'm having fun with it. Um, and, uh, that was my experience was um, I didn't really it, it wasn't that I didn't like horror movies. I didn't really understand them a whole lot. Um, there was, you know, I hadn't really seen a lot of classic horror movies. And then when I um, I got to college and on Halloween, the Castro Theater was doing like a triple feature horror movie experience. It was um, Night of the Living Dead. The Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, all three in a row. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, that sounds fun. I think it was on like a Saturday or something. So I, I didn't mm. have class. I was, you know, just hanging out. And um, and so, yeah, I went to go see all three of those movies, um, hanging out at the Castro Theater all day. And that was my first time that I was like, oh, wow, I actually get this a lot. And it's it's a ton of fun seeing this in a theater, like with other people. There's something about it that, that there's something about seeing a movie. I mean, for all of those movies, people knew what they were getting into and they knew, you know, they knew the movie basically. Um, especially evil dead was like, it's a very like cult movie in a lot of ways. Um, but it was just so much fun to, to, to be with people who enjoy the movie and who are laughing and who are having a great time um, watching it. There's something like, I don't know for me, that's, that's what kind of intrigued me about horror movies was that there was, there was something to them, um, that I didn't, I didn't quite understand at the time. Um, I was like, ah, why would, you know, why are people like wanting to watch a movie that is going to make you feel like scared, I guess. The other weird thing about that though, is, I liked at the time I was really interested in movies that were like um, banned and like, you know, had, had run through a sort of, um, I don't know, movies that were like extremely controversial at the time. And so I was watching certain movies that, uh, that were in the horror genre. I just didn't, I, I think I, I thought it was too good for um, the simple horror movie. You know, I was like, eh, it's trash. Like people are, just going to see like the conjuring or whatever, like who, yeah. you know, who cares, you know? Um, and then I like, yeah. So that was, that was when I started to, I started to get it a lot more. Um, mm -hmm. though like you, I mean, I'm not one who actively goes and watches horror movies unless there's someone who, um, unless there's someone involved who I really like and, and respect, like, um, Ari Aster or, you know, some, someone who, uh, has, yeah, who I, I guess I, I like a lot. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. So am I going to say like, oh, I'm going to go see like smile or something? No, not really. But, um, uh, barbarian, which I absolutely loved. Um, and I tried to get you to watch at your bachelor party night. Um, I, 
was one of those movies where it was like everybody was talking about it. Everybody said great things about it. So I'm just going to go watch it basically. So um, I don't know. Maybe there are ones that that will win me over uh, based on their reputation. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I it's a it's a strange genre because I get all hyped up after watching a movie like this or watching some other ones that kind of some some horror movies really hook you yeah. um, in, in a way that that it's hard to. I don't know. It's it's kind of difficult to describe because um, there's also like the kind of repulsing side of, of horror. I just pulled up a list from um, Rotten Tomatoes and I, and I promise we'll, we'll wrap up. I think we've shared pretty much all our thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, before I get into this list, Cameron, what do you say? Thumbs up? I say thumbs up. I say I thumbs like up. Is... I think it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun and I like what you said. This is like... Um, this is like horror on easy mode, you know, like yes, you could yes. totally, you could totally show this to, to a bunch of kids and like, it would be fun and you'd have a great time. Like I, I could imagine myself watching this at like 13, 14 with yes. some friends and being like, Oh, that was so much fun. You know, that was, that was great. You know, it's got like, enough of the, uh, you know, the shock value and those different things, the, uh, the other tropes that you can imagine. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, uh, I, I really, yeah, I would say thumbs up. If you haven't seen it, it's an easy sit through. If you're looking for something really simple to watch, yeah. uh, and you're gonna you're gonna find things that are creative. You're gonna find things that you like. I mean, look out for that. the The bathtub scene is great. Uh, I found uh, like there's a bunch of stuff you're gonna enjoy in there, especially if you're a movie nerd. Yeah, um, and you'll see the 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 callouts to classic horror as well, um, and. Uh, yeah, there's there's just a lot to enjoy. Um, let's get back to the broader conversation of horror. We're gonna wrap up. We're at an hour ten. This is this is what's difficult about my relationship with horror. I'm looking at this list. What I've learned by watching so many movies is that great horror doesn't have to be in a horror movie, and it does elevate a movie to like the next level in a lot of ways um you might hate horror movies but you don't know it there are things there are things in your favorite movies that are uh horror and they are bringing you in as an audience member you're you're loving it you're enjoying it you just don't know it uh and that's why people like jaws that's why people like jurassic park um and so i look at this list on rotten tomatoes <laughs> There, there's there's some early ones that are like like the number one choices is Hitchcock's Psycho, right? Mm-hmm. And I I could totally get it, right? You know, Psycho is kind of setting the precedent. It's it's doing a lot uh, that it's that's famous in the in the horror genre, right? Um, th- it feels like there's historical picks on here. Then you have a lot of Jordan Peele stuff, uh, and this is all on the tomato meter. So you have like Get Out at number two. Uh, and us at number four. That Alien is pretty and... wild. I, I would not say I know. that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's like I said, this list is a little out of control here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Alien at number five. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm into horror, right? You know, you got, then you have like these weird classics, which I've actually seen. I don't know why. King Kong in 1933 is at number six. I have seen it. Nosferatu, 1922. I have seen it because of a film class that I took. Um, 
And you get some other ones that I haven't seen, but I know I'd probably enjoy. Uh, Invisible Man at number nine. Uh, yeah, that's a great movie. I think we. A quiet, a I quiet think place. me and Juzo covered Invisible Man actually. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. A Quiet Place. You're getting into like the, the Jaws uh, movies and stuff. But as I go up the list, there are these movies that I just. I know there's like just something about them. It's what I fear about watching a movie like Barbarian. Cause like hereditary is at 20 is at 18. Like, I just don't know if I can handle another movie like that. You know, do I ever want to watch that movie again? No. You know, like it's like, it's like I, I saw it, you know, I just don't think I can, I just can't, you know, there's no, there's no way I can do it. I can't approach it. It was a one and done. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, I haven't met anybody that's seen it, you know, like, but okay. You know, I, I was like shocked, surprised. I was like, that's the kind of horror that I'm afraid to visit. That's the kind of thing that I feel like takes work in some weird way. Mm. Um, and so I'm going up this list, right. And I'm seeing more and more titles on the list that, make me feel like I'm going to have that experience again. I haven't seen The Witch, but I just feel like it's dead serious and horrifying. I just don't know if I can do it, right? Um, other movies on this list, you know, <laughs> it's just like, like there's this movie here, 2009. I know this is probably wrong. It looks like it's a Sam Raimi film called Drag Me to Hell. Just the just the tie like the cover and the tie. I'm like I would never want to watch this. Love Sam Raimi. I just I I was like I don't know what it is. I just don't think I could handle this, you know. Um, and I'm sure it's dumb. Uh, but like Green Room 2015. I'm like I just I only know that it's torture. Like I just don't think I could do it. Green know? Room is great. I love Green Room. <laughs> <laughs> and even if I'm wrong about these movies, like you know, there's like just an arm's length with a lot of them. Uh, and so I think I understand why people look at horror as a genre that's like landmines. Um, it's completely understandable. I just think that if you write off the genre, you're missing out on stuff that you shouldn't write off at all. Mm. Um, I think what uh, Bong Joon-ho does with his horror movies and what um, Korean horror films do it's like yeah, uh, people are going to be bought in what Peel's doing. People are going to be bought in. Uh, what? Uh, also, come on. Number 77, The Shining. Are you insane? Are you insane? <laughs> what the heck? Like, that is like the worst. Come on, tomato community. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, they, these are... Um... These are critics, supposedly, but yeah, um, yeah. It, it's hard to it's hard to make a list like this, right? Because obviously, um, I don't know. There's there's a certain amount of um, there's weird things that happen when you know a lot of older horror movies are not very well um, liked in the day, and then they get sort of c- critical acclaim later on. So it's it's really hard to get you know a consensus among critics uh, in in a list like this also um i don't really know i'm looking at the same list that you are but i don't really know how um they've cataloged this because it's not the tomato score um right it's sort of like loosely the tomato score but also like 
there must have been like an editor who's who's done this. So th- this might just be like someone's opinion. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Um, it is weird that like, yeah. Anyways, um, there, it's it's kind of a weird list, I would say. Um, but yeah, but it's a good. I would say it's a good jumping off point in terms of, um, you know, a lot of these movies are going to be your sort of classics, your historical things that you might want to see. And then there's some interesting modern picks too. Um, you know, something like Mandy, which I love, um, is, is a movie that like basically nobody saw. And I think it was like one of my favorites of that year that it came out. Um, yeah. So there's just interesting, you know, always take these lists with a grain of salt. It's not really, (laughs) it doesn't really mean anything necessarily, but, um, yeah, yeah, I just think I think this genre I'm I totally understand where people are coming from where it's so difficult to get into and if it's easy for you to get into it like you I guess you're lucky or something. I I don't know, like I I think the big thing for me is like I don't like the yucky stuff. I don't like the jump scares, you know? Those are the two things that I'm like I don't want the yucky, I don't want the jump scares. <laughs> Call me a baby. But then I watch uh, you know, Parasite, and I'm like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. You know, like I don't know how some movies find that perfect blend. Uh, and yeah, I just <laughs> I I don't know, it's crazy. Um, the, another one on this list that I just want to shout out that sort of reminds me of uh, if you're if you're thinking about kind of the the vibe uh, with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and you're I think we've described it well, but Tremors is on this list. Tremors is totally goofy and not like, not as like I'm an evil slasher. It's more like there's an evil beast monster coming to get you. Um, but there's something similar about the, the energies <laughs> of these movies where they're campy and, and goofy. I think you, I think the audience understands what, what we're talking about on here. Um, Cameron, any closing remarks on our exploration of horror and what are we going to watch next week? Yeah, so actually one of the ones that is on this list pretty high up is what I was thinking about going to next week. Um, I know you mentioned that you would want to watch it. Um, it's one that I've seen that I really liked when I watched it. It's It's got very interesting, striking visuals. Um, uh, it Follows. Um, I think that's follows, what we'll, yeah. we'll watch next time. Um, it's a very interesting movie. I really think, um, it came out and it was kind of, it was a big thing for a while and then a lot of people forgot about it. Um, and I, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it when, when I watched it. Um, so it's a, I think it's a good one for this theme. Also, we sort of mildly mentioned it, but the budget, um, for this movie is $1.1 million dollars. Uh, for Nightmare on Elm Street, um, and it made $57 million. Uh, so pretty good, pretty good ROI. Um, definitely a lower budget movie. Um, but It Follows also has a $1 million budget. Um, wow. And it made it made like $20 million at the time, but I, I'm sure it's made more since then uh, just because of its... Um, it was a big movie on like Amazon Prime, I think, for a while. Um I I think I watched it on Amazon Prime. 
So okay. I'm sure it's I'm, I'm sure it's made a lot more, maybe not a lot more, but I'm sure it's made more since its theatrical run. It, it kind of had a cult uh, following after that. So, um, so I just realized something too for the audience to know about scheduling. Maybe I'll make sure that I can post this. I am going to Arizona this weekend, and I fly back at midnight on Monday. Mm. Um, so I don't know if we're going to schedule the Tuesday or we'll get Juzo in for an episode. And then the next week is my anniversary. So I'll be out Monday next week, I think. Um, Monday so, the 23rd or the 30th? Uh, the 30th. Okay. Well, there's a lot of weeks. There's a lot of weeks in October. Yeah, the 30th. So the 23rd, I'm flying back. The 30th, I'm pretty sure I can't do it unless I watch a movie earlier in the week. I don't know, Cameron. Maybe we'll have to get together in person or something. Yeah, we can. Uh, to record may- some stuff. Well, when do you... Um, when do you... Well, we can we can talk about it. We'll figure it out offline. But if there's yeah. an issue, like we might post late uh, Tuesday, um, depending on recording, or we'll have uh, Juzo sub in. But just... Forgive us if some of the episodes are delayed due to some of the travel and whatnot. There is a movie that Juzo wanted to watch with me um, that maybe we can do for that 30th weekend. I think that would be fun. So There's so many movies that I still want to watch. Like, you haven't seen The Village. Like, we got to watch The Village, you know? Mm. Like, that's, like, a huge one for me. Uh, I still want you to watch Happy Death Day, but uh, that's honestly the closest modern goofy that I could think of. Mm. Um, and so and maybe it kind of fits with that. Uh, our our current topic uh but i do want to see it follows um i am very interested in that and yeah there's there's just a few other horror movies on the list that we'll have to get back to maybe in next october um invisible man i guess is one of those i still i still haven't seen uh you know the the quiet place movie or that one's um, pretty good yeah there's, there's like the witch. I'm always scared of. I'm just constantly scared of that movie. I don't know why. It's just horrifying. <laughs> the, everything in it. Maybe you Ever should watch with, it. With Cloverfield or Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, Ten uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane is really, really good. I yeah. really like that movie. Haven't explored the it stuff. Is Mandy horror or is it? I, I don't know. Like I don't know what to think with that. Uh, yeah, yes and no. Yeah, sort of. Midsummer. I haven't seen that. Um. Let's see. I'm just going through the list of other ones that are probably iconic. I'd love to know from the audience what they think is uh, like a great horror movie as well. If you guys want to write in or message us in some way. Last thing. It comes at night. I swear I've seen this movie. (laughs) Have I seen this movie, Cameron? I don't know. Is this the movie with the... Have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's Trey Edward Schultz. So it's it's the Waves director. This movie I've seen and I don't think I liked it at all. (laughs) (laughs) It did. It was one of the first movies I noticed. um, It's either this movie or it come, uh, there will be blood. I think it's this one though. It comes at night. It has like this crazy um, aspect ratio element to it. Uh, where there's like dream, there's like one realm and another, but it doesn't really tell you about it. 
and it like one is like in a crazy aspect ratio and the other is like wider Mm. Uh, and it's like one of those horror movies where like nothing happens but there's just (laughs) constant tension (laughs) it's like it just drove me insane like it was (laughs) it it reminds me of that goat movie that tim made me watch uh (laughs) lamb or whatever yeah. Uh, where it's like they're just building to nothing. And it's like, oh, I just hate this kind of... Like, that. that's the modern horror movie that I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this. Like, it feels like a waste of time. It's like, oh, we're so tense. And the movie has one jump scare that it's, like, been building to. And it's <laughs> not at the end. It's halfway through. And the rest <laughs> of the movie is boring until there's, like, the wildest reveal that it's tentacle aliens that have been controlling a completely normal scenario the entire time. It's like, what is this? You know, I just Mm. don't understand. Or all of a sudden everyone pulls out a gun at the end and starts killing each other. You're like, what What is this? You know, uh, that, I mean, maybe we'll have to watch one of those. I just, they, they infuriate me. I'll go on a, (laughs) on a rampage. It'd be interesting to to know what you think. Cause I'm, I'm maybe some people feel that way about the, the village. I don't feel that way about it. Um, the village is what actually ruins these village knockoff movies, mm. right? That's all I want to say about that. Um, I think a movie like that from well, not not exactly, but um, one where it's just like very tense the whole movie, and it's not it's not like that clear why. Um, th- there's a movie called Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I just love. I think it's so good. I saw it in Cannes. And, uh, it was, I was like the one that I thought about the most, uh, out of the festival. And, um, there is like some intense scenes in it, but for the most part, it's kind of a, it's just a a weird movie. Like there's, there's something wrong with the characters basically. Um, yeah, I love it. I think that movie's so good. I don't know. I don't know how I, I, like, I need dynamics. I need like some, some, some flow. I don't want a song that's building for <laughs> ten minutes. Did we know? watch? Like, um, did we watch the lobster? Meme? I've I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, okay. What did you think? I didn't hate it, but there was like a there was a slight tinge of dislike <laughs> in my viewing of it. You know, All like right. yeah, it, it was it was kind of like it felt more cute and quirky and i was like you know i'm just not about this you know like that's kind of how i felt but i was still like it's still good you know i love the i love the lobster but um, at least it's at least it's kind of unique right that's the other thing is like it's this it's this great concept i think the movie has an awesome setup i don't remember anything about the end of the movie (laughs) which is i mean that that's how i feel about some movies like they have great setup and there's nothing to really remember um whereas a low budget movie like saw it's like remember the beginning remember the end for sure and i remember the end how does it do that i'm never gonna forget that right true see you liked saw more than you let on okay sure (laughs) i'm in denial yeah yeah you are (laughs) it's good i think i think it's fun i like it a lot i love the ending of that movie it's i to me it's a better movie this is so weird to say because it's a it's obviously a worse movie than Nightmare on Elm Street, but for I like it better. <laughs> Weirdly, okay, um, yeah. I mean, there's I, I th- Nightmare on Elm Street more forgettable, right? And 
and that's no discredit to the movie. I think the movie is still good. But, like, it's just interesting, right? Get out. Remember the setup? Don't remember anything about the ending. Us. You don't? What? I, I remember the beginning, the middle, and the end of Us. Always. I can't forget it. First viewing, I was like, yeah, I remember it. You don't remember the end of Get Out? No, no, it's kind of a blur for me. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, I, I feel like they they go. I don't somewhere. remember the middle of Get Out way more than I don't remember. It, the yeah, end. but it's like it's like there's the setup and the awkwardness. They go to the place, and then I remember kind of like stuff goes down, and then he like he's getting away or something. But I don't really remember where it goes. Like it would be fun. Yeah, and then to he revisit. sees he sees the police lights. Um, yeah, it's not yeah, the yeah. police. It's it's his it's his buddy at the TSA. I don't really remember that. I just remember like he almost gets or something, you know, like there's like a, I don't know. Right. Um, well, anyways, I think, I think, um, it follows will be a good one. And if we want to watch it, uh, midweek this week or something, we can set up a date or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It'd be fun to, it'd be fun to do a, a little, you know, something with you. Yeah. It'd be good. Well, we'll figure it out offline. Thank you guys for listening to our review on this uh, tiresome Monday night. And we will catch you next Tuesday with another episode. Might be late, but I just want to let you know. All right, till then. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.